Hey guys, welcome to Choir Talks. Welcome to week two of the coronavirus edition of Choir Talks. If you're watching the video rather than just listening to the podcast, you can see that I'm at home again for the second week in a row. Um, as you and I are probably sequestered, um, there's some um, extra time, I imagine, in your schedule, and I just want to encourage you to get into the Word and, and spend some, some of those moments, extra moments, with the Lord. Um, I'm reading through the book of Psalms um, this, this last couple of weeks, and um, boy, it's just been so right on point. Many of the psalm writers uh, lived in uncertain, difficult times, um, sort of like we're experiencing, probably worse, and they wrote songs out of their experiences, and so there's a lot that we can apply to our, our lives as we read through the psalms. So I encourage you to, to think about reading a psalm or two this week. So here's one of the psalms that I read. It's Psalm 90. And uh, it's a psalm about the eternity of God, the eternal nature of God. And the psalm writer is just pondering his smallness and the, the greatness of God. And uh, he, he just, as he ponders, he, he writes these words. Starting in verse 1, he says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Um, so he's given us the theme up front that uh, throughout all the generations, um, in all of eternity, God, you are, are our dwelling place. So he's going to think about the bigness of God in that he is eternal with no beginning and no end. And yet he's also going to think about the connection that he has to this eternal God because he says, you have been our dwelling place. Um, that place where we can connect, that place where we can be at home and be sheltered, that is you, God. Uh, great thought for us in the midst of the current crisis. Uh, the Lord is our dwelling place, our shelter, uh, even in this difficult time. So he's thinking about that. He says, Lord, you've been our dwelling place throughout all generations. And then he's going to um, continue that thought a little bit. He says, before the mountains were born or before you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And there's that eternal nature of God. He thinks all the way back to creation. He thinks about the mountains, the most ageless seeming parts of creation, perhaps, when you look at them. And he says, when they were before they were born, God, you were there. You, from eternity past, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. I love how he uses the present tense verb of to be there. You are God. It's not you were God back then and you will be God. But... Um, in this moment, you are God on both ends of eternity. We live um, life in, in this created aspect of the world, which is time. We live this linear moment-to-moment -moment life. But God is not, um, he doesn't live within time. He doesn't live literally like we do. I can't understand this eternity um, that, that God lives in. My simplistic way of thinking about it is, um, if there's if there's a line here, get a pencil. If, if this pencil represents the timeline of history, we live from one minute to moment to one moment. But God is not limited by that. He sees the whole timeline at one time, from the beginning to the end. Um, he sees the whole thing, and so that gives him an eternal perspective um, on on things. So the the writer continues on. Um, now he kind of turns his thoughts to people. He says, you turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. And then this great verse, a thousand years in your sight is like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. 
um, that verse right there is a cool verse to me. It just speaks about um, the fact that God is a, is a big picture being, that he sees the whole thing at once. A thousand years are nothing to him. He sees all of that at, at once. Um, and uh, it, it gives him um, the best perspective of the world as he can see it at once. There's the questions that we have living linearly through time um, don't make sense to us sometimes, but they do from God's big perspective. I just got off the phone with someone who um, was struggling with questions about, um, you know, wh why does this happen and why does this happen sort of questions that all of us ask. Um, those things don't make sense and we, it, we don't understand all of those things. But from God's perspective, from the big picture, we trust that God knows and understands. So verse five, back to the smallness of us. He says, yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning they spring up, but by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. Boy, that's a, that's a sobering verse, isn't it? That God knows, knows everything. And yet uh, all our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days come to 70 or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they pass quickly. Um, and then he gets down to verse 12. And he says, teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now to me, this is the verse of this psalm. Um, this is the verse that he's really aiming at. I think all along he's talking about God's eternal nature and bigness and our smallness and finiteness and then he he thinks about God's eternal big picture perspective and he in humility recognizes that we have a small picture perspective and so he says here's where we need help so teach, here's his prayer teach us to number our days number our days is a weird phrase but I think you understand it he's not talking about teach, show me how many days I have or, um, what he's really saying is Teach me to understand um, the importance or lack thereof of the days that I'm spending here on earth and for this purpose that we may gain a heart of wisdom so that instead of me having my small per picture perspective that I can have more of an eternal perspective like, like you have, God. Teach me to see my days as you see them, uh, to understand this life that you have given me from an, an eternal perspective so that... I can live in a way that is, is godly and has is shaped by your wisdom and by your perspective and by your plan. It's a great verse. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And then he makes a prayer about whatever circumstance is going on. He says, relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Um, you may be praying that prayer this week in the midst of this crisis. Relent, Lord. How long are you going to leave us here? Verse 14, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. So he prays, hey God, satisfy us in the morning. I love that he chooses morning. Um, morning is just this living living metaphor in life, isn't it? Each day brings this new morning, which is a, a new beginning. Um, there's a new opportunity to know God in every day. Um, this, this verse just really speaks to me about this daily walk that we have with God, this new every morning experience that we can have with him. He says, satisfy us in the morning. Um, 
I'm going to link this psalm with another psalm. Psalm 16 says this, that in your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy. Um, They're satisfying in the morning if you spend that time in God's presence. If that newness of morning brings with you, brings to you a new moment in God's presence, there's joy there and it satisfies. This psalm is attributed to Moses. Now, it's um, people debate whether or not Moses himself actually wrote it, or it was someone in his time period, or someone closely associated with that time period. But if it was written during the time of the, the wandering through the desert, um, then hear this verse again. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. That just makes me think about the manna that that God brought every day to satisfy the hunger of his people. This new, fresh bread from heaven that God gave them every day to satisfy their hunger. That is the invitation from the Father to you. New every morning. um, the, The opportunity to be satisfied in his presence and to spend time with him. So going on, verse 15, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. So he says, you know, we've been through this difficult situation. Let our future be different. Give us joy for all those days that we have suffered. Give us joy. In fact, he he makes a three-pronged prayer here. He says, make us glad for the the, as many days as we've suffered. And then he says, may your deeds be shown to your son. Let us see, God, your goodness. Let us see your works. And then the last part of the prayer is, may the favor of the Lord rest on us. Boy, those are three great things that you could pray this week in the midst of this uh, the coronavirus. You can pray, um, God, give me the joy of your presence. Um, give me joy for the sorrow and struggle that we're going through. Lord, let me see and know what your deeds are, what your actions are in the midst of this. And, and let your favor uh, rest on me. Let your favor rest on my family. Let your favor rest on our nation and on the world. Uh, Three great prayers to pray this week. Thank you for joining me for Choir Talks. Um, Hope that you'll find us next week. I invite you to hear us uh, online. There's no service in the house, but we will be uh, live streaming our services at 10.30 a.m. this Sunday morning. Ridgecrest Baptist Church, you can find us on Facebook or uh, we have a YouTube channel also that will uh, accommodate the live stream. So look for us at 10.30 a.m. Let me pray for you before you go. Father, Lord, I pray for these who have stopped to listen and, and to think about you and, and your word today. Father, all of them are facing um, difficulties and struggles probably in light of what's going on in our society now, in, in light of, of this virus, Father. And so, I, God, I pray that you would just lift them up and strengthen them, uh, give them wisdom. And Father, help us to have a, an eternal perspective, Father that there are days to come uh, where you, you will give us joy for the suffering that we go through now. And so, Father, um, Lord, I, I pray blessings and your favor on those who are listening now and those who are praying with me. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.